So a little hobby of mine is learning about new words, new phrases. Whenever I hear a word that I think sounds fun, I'm a huge fan of it. And I'll start to research it and learn more about it. And when I see something, it catches my ear, and then I want to learn more about it. Like I was watching a movie the other day, and there was a term used. It was Drachenfutter, which is not English. It's German. It means dragon food. And I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. What is this? So I look up Drachenfutter, and essentially, it's for guys. It's for uh, men who find themselves in a situation where they done messed up. They either stayed out too late with the guys, or uh, were just, you know, life happens, and they've done something, and they have to give a gift to their, like, girlfriend or spouse or wife to essentially, like, make up and try to start the healing process and that relationship of, of, of this peace offering saying, I messed up. So that's Drachenfutter. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's super interesting. I mean, it doesn't really mean a lot to me as a celibate priest, but, uh, you know, for you guys out there, the next time you're trying to get out of the doghouse and you need a little Drachenfutter, you can be like, oh, I know how to say this in German. Thanks, Father Kladar. So, see, this wouldn't go over well at the 7.30. This is why the 12 o'clock. You're my people. I like you guys. So when I saw Zebulon and Naphtali, those same little senses went off. I'm like, oh man, I can't remember those terms. I gotta go back and research and learn what, what's going on here. Why is the first reading in the gospel talking about the, these names? Well, they're actually, they're tribes of Israel. Remember the sons of Jacob, there were 12 of them and they were the tribes of Israel. They were all of uh, the, the, the kingdom had these 12 tribes, so these are the two like northerly ones. Now Jerusalem's down south, that's where David was, that's where the great power of when they were a great empire. They got all the, the fame. And up north, they were kind of forgotten. They had some moments here or there, but they were really close to their enemies, and the land of gloom and darkness that Isaiah is talking about, they were the first ones to be conquered. The Assyrians came down and took them all captive, and it kind of started to be like, all right, they're not that important because they allowed themselves to get conquered by the Assyrians. So for Isaiah to say to the, all of Israel, from this land of darkness, from these people who don't have the fame of David, who don't have the military prowess of other parts of the country, for him to say the great light will come from those territories is like a big deal. And it wasn't something like they waited a few months for this light to come out of the darkness. It wasn't a few years or even decades or even generations. It was almost a thousand years that the Jewish people maintained hope. And over that course of time, not only did up north lose its way, but eventually the whole country was conquered by the Babylonians. And of course, during the time of Jesus, it was the Romans who had control of the entire Mediterranean. And here are the Jewish people hoping, hoping against hope that one day this light will come, as Isaiah talked about, from Zebulon and Naphtali. So for Jesus to start to be performing miracles around Galilee in these areas of the Holy Land, you can imagine quite a buzz would be coming about uh, amongst the Jewish people. That after 800 years, they've been waiting the entire history of Israel, they've been waiting for this Messiah. And they want a buzz that would just be like, okay, here we go. But of course, 
They were expecting a military conquest. They thought this man was going to be greater than David. He was going to put us on the map. We're going to kick the Romans out and we're going to take over the world. God is going to be here. He's going to be creating a a, a new kingdom here on earth. That's not what happened. But when Christ came, he brought something that they could never expected, this new kingdom, this kingdom that we're even looking forward to because it's not of this world. It's in heaven. So all of this sort of paints a picture for us to recognize three things, three things that we can take from this understanding. The first is that we never have to be in despair. We never have to be in despair because Christ has already conquered death. He already came. He already became man. He already conquered death. And we know the end of the story. We know that at the end of time, Christ is going to be king of everything and all of those who have surrendered and trusted and followed him are going to be taken care of. It's just us getting there. We're still in the end of time, but we're stuck in time and just allowing ourselves never to be in despair about whatever's going on in our life because we know that God has finished the story. The second thing is sometimes, sometimes Christ, God, he answers our prayers in ways that we can never expect. To remember that there was those Jewish people who were looking for a military leader, someone to alleviate these small, big, but small problems of someone who is controlling their lands. And sometimes we have problems that are big in our life and they seem to be destroying some aspect of our job, our family, our marriage, our personal growth and our relationship with Christ. And we expect God to come through in, in, in a specific way. But a part of that hope and that trust and that not being in the despair is us being able to have that patience to say, all right, God, I, I trust you've got me. Not quite sure how. Sometimes it feels like you're not even, not even listening to me. But to know he's got you. Just continue to trust, to hope, to realize he wants to be a part of your life through the grace of the sacrament, of the Eucharist, of reconciliation. He's never not in your life. And ultimately, if we surrender, if we say yes to whatever his plan, whatever his answer to our prayer, it's going to be better than we could ever expect it. And third, a subset of the first, that the craziness of the world right now, when you turn on the news and it's like, what, what is going on? What, where is this world going? So much division. That we just have to hope and continue to trust. For hundreds and hundreds of years, the Jewish people waited for their Messiah. For us, we've, we've got the sacraments. So all these problems in our world, it's, it's totally small. So don't let your peace be disturbed. Don't 
despair, hope, and trust, and know that God has already won this battle. He is the king of the universe. He just wants to be the king of your hearts.